This is Colin, he has a problem He has a lot of DVDs and some of them he hasn't seen So he's gonna grab his son and they're gonna watch each one until the pile is empty These films are still under wraps, still under wraps Unwatched, unloved and still under wraps, still under wraps, still under These films are unwatched, unloved and still under wraps Hello dear listener and welcome to Still Under Wraps. My name is Colin and with me as always is my fellow film watcher, compadre and son, Thomas. Hi, hello. How's it going? It is. Ever. <laughs> as as always. The plot has been lost completely. Everyone in the house has... I'm... I'm I think I've got... Mm. Coleslaw mouth. Everything's sticking... Um, yes, everyone's lost the plot in the household. Mm. And, uh, yes. <laughs> the, the weeks are turning into months, and the place is becalmed, and, and it's not calm. <laughs> and yet, we have our moments of regularity. <laughs> we do. Yes, within the, uh, the stormy uh, becalmment, does that make any sense at all? I've lost it too. Um, we have these moments of pure clarity where we have this opportunity to reach out to our dear listener and record a podcast. Mm. And we're going to be watching a film today. Yes. What are we going to be watching, Thomas? It's Popeye again. <laughs> yes, we're watching Popeye again. We, we've discussed it just prior to recording mm. and felt that there were, we did it a disservice. Mm-hmm. Um, we really did not pick up these subtle nuances that uh, many of the uh, film critics of uh, far higher calibre than ourselves obviously picked up. So we're going to just see if we, if another re, if a rewatch will uh, bring those subtle nuances out. But it's going to be a very special rewatch because instead of putting it into a Blu-ray player, we're going to build a fire pit and we're going to watch it on that. Wow. Wow. That, that, that just, that's on fire, that is. Mm. Mm. Um, yes, fire pits uh, tend to be. Yes. Um, okay. So, uh, if that doesn't work, if we don't get enough out of that, we do have a backup plan, and that is to watch... Only Yesterday. A Studio Ghibli film... And I have had it confirmed to me that Ghibli is the way, or Ghibli, Ghibli, it's not Ghibli. I'm sorry, people. It's not Ghibli. It's Ghibli, which is what I've been saying. I'm probably going to continue to forget. Yes. Oh, well. Um, and tell us, pray tell, what what the uh, plot synopsis on the back of the uh the Blu-ray case. Mmm. Mmm. It's the only, I should point out, the only Studio Ghibli, and I could be putting you off uh, making any recommendations for Studio Ghibli films in our um, What's on the Shelf competition, but this is the one and only Studio Ghibli film that I have in possession that is on Blu-ray. And I should also point out that I do not have the full collection of Studio Ghibli 
So you could completely strike out by continuing uh, to uh, suggest Studio Ghibli films. But that's entirely up to you. Is it low-hanging fruit or isn't it? Who can say? Who, 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 who's to say? Who is who? to say? It's, it's, it's not me. It's not me. No. Okay, so please read the uh, plot synopsis on the back of the Blu-ray cover, if you would. I'll, I'll give it a shot. It's in very small, very, very thin text. Okay. Only Yesterday revolves around Teiko, a single woman working a desk job in Tokyo in 1982, taking a vacation in the countryside with the family of her sister-in-law. During her vacation, Teiko finds herself looking back at her time as a young schoolgirl growing up in 1966. The film flips back and forth between the two time periods, with a lot of nostalgia and beautiful country scenery, as Teiko sorts out her flashbacks and tries to make some tough decisions about her future. Sounds a bit soapy to me. But who knows? Um, Because, Thomas, have you watched this film? No. Neither have I. Hence the premise of the podcast. Um, and we get a bonus feature of today's episode because I don't think this has happened for a little while. The film is actually well and truly still under wraps and Thomas gets the joyful task of disemboweling the disc from its case. You know, the, the, the wrapper feels mm. loose. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it never is. We'll, we'll see. Um I would suggest, dear listener, that you look at the time code of the Mm -hmm. current point in this podcast and see exactly how long he takes to... Nothing like a bit of pressure there to speed up the action. And it's all... Ow! He just threw... Ow, that hurt. Ow, I've been cellophaned. Um, (laughs) And I cellophaned pain. Anyway... Oops, I lost a bit. And the cat's going to eat that. Oh, now what you've done. Honestly, Thomas. I've, re- I've, I've rescued it. Uh-huh. It's all good. Um, so, we're going to uh, get Thomas to open the case. Oh. Oh, really, Thomas? He's already opened the case, so he's going to take the disc out of the case... In a moment. (laughs) He's going to pop that in the machine. We are going to watch Only Yesterday today (laughs) and uh, decide whether this film remains on the shelf. And uh, we'll catch you on the flip side. Turn to side B. Any contributions as to how to say mongrel in Japanese would be greatly appreciated.
So that was only yesterday. That was. What did you think? That was nice. It was, wasn't it? A very, a very nice film. Just. It was paced very deliberately mm-hmm. um, in its within its environment, I guess. Uh, sort of, uh, I don't know whether that makes sense. It just mm. um, it, it was very much a departure from what um, I have experienced from Studio Ghibli before. Um, in a lot of ways, but still had. Uh, I mean, there there were elements that that are again quite characteristic of Studio mm. Ghibli films. Um, the train being one of them. <laughs> <laughs> There's always got to be a train. Um, <laughs> um, I mean that that's not necessarily the case, but uh, it seems to feature quite heavily the. The traveling and the separation of country f- from um, industrialized, mm. I guess, is uh, yeah. uh, to our dear listeners. Um, just so you're aware, our 13 year old son um, sat in and watched it, and I don't know what his thoughts are on that because we we go straight into recording. <laughs> we booted him out and uh, sent him to bed and. Uh, Yes, I will be interested to hear what um, his thoughts on it are. One interesting thing is it's, and this is probably going to sound terribly sexist, but it's probably more a girl's film. Mm. Does it? I, I really hesitate to say that, but I suspect um, the girls will of the family who are, mm. I think were planning to watch it tomorrow will possibly get more out of it than Daniel did. I'm, I'm still curious to know. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's... I don't know. Am I... Am I treading on um, thin ice here? Or? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. Um, but I, I loved it. It was just so... Relaxed and calm, um, and but it, it still had its tensions. But mm. uh, yeah, and and ended perfectly. Mm. I think that's possibly the the best way of 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 putting it. Mm. I, <laughs> I want to talk for a little bit about style. Good. Yes, and and using style to convey meaning. Yep, yep. Because there are two very distinct styles. Very different. Yes. In this film, there's there's the basic, almost flat shaded anime style of of the past. Yes. And the very rooted in reality style of the present. Yes. Yes, uh, all of the past scenes were sort of faded around the edges, mm. um, uh, as if to say uh, these memories are not necessarily picture perfect, accurate. Uh, 
Mm. But this is how I. This is as good as I can remember it. Is, is that how you interpreted yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, so it was interesting when those memories, the, the, those periods, overlapped, mm. uh, especially near the end of the, the film. And I, I don't think it's necessary to divulge too much of, of that because I, I think you know. Mm. Um, specifically the scenes that I'm referring to um, where the past and the present interact um, almost, uh, again, another feature of Studio Ghibli, the the magic Mm. moment um, of something that's, that's not rooted in reality but is real nonetheless, if that Mm. makes sense. Um, much the same as uh, her first childhood crush. Mm. Um, there, there was some magic going on in there that wasn't rooted in reality, but conveyed that so, so well. Um, very slow going, mm-hmm. but deliberately so, and and I'm fine with that. It was just, yeah. I didn't feel bored at any no, point. No, because... It was a comfortable place to be. Mm. Um, I, I certainly was not distracted by anything else. You know, my mind wasn't wandering. It was just happy for the pacing to, to go at the pace that it was going. Um, and, yeah, it was a sort of like comfort food, really. Mm. Um, and not... Not decadent, over the top, you know, lashings of different flavours type of. Comf- mm. It was a bowl she, of vanilla ice cream. A bowl of vanilla ice cream, yeah, yeah, um, that you would occasionally find an M M&M and M in, maybe. I don't know. It's just yeah, I, I loved it. I don't think it's the studio's best work. No, um, but. It's it's well and truly staying on the shelf because mm. um, gee, it's I don't I don't know whether they I certainly haven't come across a bad film of the, theirs yet. Um, again, um, I should point out that there are some that I have not watched. And <laughs> um, yeah, anything else you want to add? No, no, I think that's it. Yeah. Um, it sort of has been mentioned on the uh, Facebook page that at the moment, at least in Australia, and I I think it's worldwide on uh, Netflix, uh, pretty much every Studio Ghibli title is, is out on Netflix. So I I recommend you, you do yourself a favor and, uh, and check them out. Mm-hmm. Good value, and and certainly a, a weird and wonderful variety of, of genres and styles and yeah. All right, so staying on the shelf, and I think we'll just move on. This could be a, a very short podcast. <laughs> so many contrasts with our, our previous four episodes. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Yeah, um, and look, does that reflect, you know, <laughs> uh, I think certainly um, 
from editing them, the the shorter ones tend to be the ones that we've enjoyed the most, mm. and the longer ones tend to be the the ones that. Except sometimes when something is so mediocre as to warrant little discussion. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. So, um, so we're going to move on to our next segment. What's on the show? You know it's probably DVDs. 83. 83. We've had a couple, of, a couple more uh, contributions to the suggestions as to what's on the shelf. Um, Including, I might point out, a Studio Ghibli film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, uh, we we thank all of our contributors and uh, hope you continue to to add to that list. Every edition increases your chances of having your uh, uh, suggestions uh, come up out of those eighty three. <laughs> So without f- further ado, Thomas, would you roll the randomizing random randomometer? Powered by random.org. Which is an entirely random, not deliberately skewed in any way, shape or form. And the number is? 30. 30. So, Thomas, I do not have the list in front of me. Can you please? Just a little bit of suspense here. What is 30 and who suggested it? Dan suggests... No, hang on. Can we roll it again, please? No, sorry. (laughs) Dan suggests... Stand By Me. Stand By Me. The Rob Reiner film. That, um, I believe, uh, giving things away straight away, was the first film that I ever took a girl to see. Right. Um... Which is possibly, uh, again, uh, treading on uh, sexist toes here, um, is probably more of a boys' film. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, and you're you're agreeing with me, which suggests mm. I, I I have seen it also. Yes, in fact, we have seen it. Uh, I've seen it many, many, many times, and Thomas, you have seen it once, um, and we watched it together. Um, very soon after um, finishing off mm. the the short film we made that in some ways was influenced by uh, Rob Reiner's uh, track record of um, sort of coming-of-age, boys' coming-of-age films. And, and I guess this is possibly why this, mm. in a lot of ways, only yesterday was a, a girls' coming-of-age mm. film on two different levels so so yes we have both seen it um the fact that we watched it together suggests possibly um, look this is not necessarily the case these days with uh streaming services but thomas is it on the shelf yes oh dan dan three points you've got a possibility of a fourth <laughs> thomas is stand by me on blu-ray on the shelf no. No, it's not. No. Um, look, and I confess, it, is, it had been on the shelf for a very, very long time, um, unwatched, but, uh, as in the, the DVD copy. Um, just, just, you have to be in the mood for it, and um, it, it, 
is a brilliant film and I love it, but you really have to be in the mood for it. Um, and I guess the time was right when I watched it and the, the time that I purchased it didn't have a Blu-ray player and have not seen the need to to put it onto uh, a Blu-ray. So, Dan, that is three points. And as for Multiplier... I feel like this has to be a very low-hanging fruit. I think so. I, I, I think even at the time that... Uh, and I think Dan was uh, f- certainly familiar with my my attempt at a homage to the the era and the genre with the short film that I made, and was I suspect aware of uh, my uh, sort of connection with uh, with Stand by Me. So, uh, and he's probably screaming. Uh, his his head off in a different way that he screamed his head off last week. Um, so I no 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 multiplier, um, uh, but a, a a jolly good guess and a safe guess, and uh, so a total of three. The good news. There is some good news, Dan. You have points, Dan. You have points. You are on the leaderboard. Hurrah! And I hear much rejoicing from not only uh, the the northern moors. <laughs> Everyone else is rejoicing. I'm rejoicing. Thomas, are you rejoicing? Sure. On the inside. Thomas rejoices on the inside. So, Dan, welcome to the leaderboard. And uh, <laughs> I can, I've got nothing else to say about this. Mm-hmm. So we'll move on. Shake the phone and pick a film, and then we'll watch the film next week. So, we have a film to select for next week. In in a moment. He's, he's pressing buttons here. You'll notice that the app is actually voice controlled. Yep. Except uh, he's got the the settings set on pure gibberish, which he speaks fluently. Are we ready? Yes. Good. Okay, Thomas, would you please shake the oversized phone? And select the film for next week. I'm happy. Oh, he's happy. (laughs) He knows what options there are and uh, he's got certain dreads and it appears that it's not one of those certain dreads. He's happy. This film is from 2014. Oh, it's a recent film. Recent-ish. And it's a Wes Anderson pick. Oh! And it's the it's Grand, Budapest, Grand Budapest, Hotel. Budapest Hotel. Ah, excellent. I, I am, yes, <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to this too. Um, that, that will that will be good. Um, so, where's Anderson? Grand Budapest Hotel. That has been sitting on the shelf for uh, some time. Um, uh, because I've also got to be in the mood for Wes Anderson. Um, well, you better get in the mood then. I <laughs> shall. 
Um, yes. That's what we're watching next week. Thomas, do you have anything else you wish to uh, add to this somewhat lean uh, episode? No. No. Well, I don't, see it. don't really either. The cat is uh, giving us looks as if to say, wrap things up. You're just waffling. Thomas is speaking gibberish. Yeah, I know. Next week's episode, the Grand Budapest Hotel, will be presented entirely in pure gibberish. You have been listening to Still Under Wraps. Your hosts were Colin, who produces and edits the show, and Thomas, who makes the artwork and music. Still Under Wraps is recorded in the Deranged Cat Studios in scenic Tasmania, Australia. Movies are selected at random through My Movies, an excellent piece of movie collection software. You can find links to that, as well as our quote-unquote blog and our Facebook group, in the show notes. Still Under Wraps is a High Hello production.